This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. I do want to start off by saying, dude, I listened to, on YouTube, you can go find it right now, uh, which has probably been there for years, but I just now found it. Orson Welles, his full uh, War of the Worlds radio broadcast. Ooh. I listened to it to get myself in like, because it's getting cooler out here in LA. The weather's cooling down. It's about spooky time, you know? Mm. And I wanted to. (laughs) (laughs) I wanted to start off spooky time. (laughs) Dude, that. It's terrifying. Yeah. <laughs> what's that season called? What's that? What's the? You know, I don't know. It's copyright infringement, right? Can't say Halloween anymore. Somebody owns that. Somebody owns it. <laughs> like Universal owns the. Yeah, rest Universal of the owns Halloween. Halloween. If you say it, you get sued now. <laughs> <laughs> it's copyright. But I got spooky time started off right. Go listen to War of the Worlds by Orson Welles. That, uh, man, there's a cool history behind that too. Because people thought it was real. Yeah, was a lot of people right? tuned in late. Because they say in the beginning, we bring you a, uh, a theater for radio by, uh, what was his, his theater? I can't remember who it was, but they said it was his theater for radio, blah, blah, blah. So they did preface it, and they also, in the middle of it, stopped and was like, you are being presented a radio drama brought, you know, mm. or starring Orson Welles. Well, a lot of people thought it was real. And a lot of people, if you tuned in late... Mm. It was real, but then if like you, a real radio but if you just stayed until the damn end, yeah. I mean, it literally it's like five years later. It's <laughs> like, oh well, this yeah, is. But story. no, the part I mean, it's terrifying. Like the, it's so good. I've never heard anything like it ever since. Or I don't know. It was they they presented it to you like it was all How news. What's that? It's oh, about an hour. Cool. Yeah, it's and it's really good. I I literally listened to it while I was like doing dishes and doing cool. laundry and shit. Dude, where can I find it? Uh, YouTube. Okay. Orson Welles, War of the Worlds, full broadcast. It's, yeah, it's way worth a listen. It really, it, I'll be honest with you, it freaked me out. It was oh, very freaky. Cool. You know what else is freaky? Tom Cruise, War of the Worlds. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Especially now that I've heard the full original broadcast, I was like, what even the fuck was that that they put on this movie screen? I, they wanted... Jack Reacher, Alien Fighter. <laughs> that it's been so long since I've seen that movie. I really want to rewatch it. Do you, is that new show good? The one that's on like Epics or something? Probably not. Probably not. Probably not. <laughs> Probably not. They they don't they don't do it. I don't know. Probably not. Jack Reacher, Alien Fighter. That's exactly what it was. the The radio broadcast was like humanity is doomed. These things are undefeatable. They have just like this death ray that just fucks up entire towns, and it's it's the end of the world it's literally armageddon <laughs> it's like depressing and scary and then they come out with this like like first person right yeah like from the brock like as the from broadcasters reporting it in real time so it's like yeah oh my god not another town there's a death <laughs> ray. Oh, yes. Shit like yeah. <laughs> There's a guy who's like, I'm watching and soldiers are being lit on fire. They're burning now. And you just hear like, ah! like there's a dude in the corner of the radio station. He's like, ah! <laughs> and you just hear like they're, they're shooting and it's just dudes like hitting drums and it's so fucking good. And then they come out with 
like Mission Impossible, but aliens, you know. Orson Welles brings you spooky time adventures. Spooky time adventures. <laughs> he kind of did say it at the end. Orson Welles was like, that was your Halloween broadcast. Have a have a spooky time, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> How was uh, Halloween Horror Nights? Oh, it was amazing. It was so fun. Shelby and I went to uh, uh, Horror Nights. Dev- oh, finally went to the Waterworld show. Yes. Worth every amount of hype that I've ever heard in my life. Really? That show, Shelby and I just sat there with like, mouths agape it was like this is incredible it's just it's 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 being on a gigantic movie set while a huge movie is being filmed but there's no cut you know cool. it's just like all the effects are live mm. and and it just goes from beginning to end it's a whole story it's like a sequel to Waterworld. And it's just it's a dudes. Sequel? It's a sequel. Whoa! Yes, she returns with some dirt from the dry <laughs> land back to the atoll, and the smokers followed them there. And D wow. Deacon follows them there, and they have a dude who's really good playing Deacon. Guys are like falling off a thirty foot jumps. Dude. There's jet skis are ramping, fire is blazing, bullets are flying, planes are going. It's amazing. Yeah. Dude, what a fun day. Go to yeah. Universal all day and then yeah. uh, do they I make mean, you leave the park and come back in? No, or? they don't do that anymore. Cool. Yeah, it literally just starts up. Wow. Like if you're not here for horror nights, get out, but if you're here and you got a wristband, wow. you can stay. Yeah, Sweet. they just wristband you. Dude, and that's so, what you do it. I got to do that. It's gotta, amazing. Yeah. And then we went to uh we did Waterworld. And then we went to, we started like 6 p.m. They had the first haunted tram ride. Mm-hmm. And we went straight to that. And speaking of War of the Worlds, I literally, I touched the plane from War of the Worlds. You walk Whoa. through, you walk right next to the Psycho House. You can go up on the front porch and take a picture. Uh, you walk next to like the Psycho Motel and the War of the Worlds plane. The, all the shit that you see from the tram, you're just down there now. And there's cool. like people around you like, Bleh. Yeah, it's really cool. Did, That's so when you dope. touch the plane from War of the Worlds, did Tom Cruise <laughs> jump out and try to suck your blood? <laughs> Dude, he does that to me every day, no matter where I am. He always <laughs> finds me, you know? <laughs> He's got like a track. Highlander, there can only be one. <laughs> <laughs> there can only be one. <laughs> I have no idea when Deb starts on this. Oh, me neither. Is it now? It can't be now. There's no way. Wait, it's coming up. Okay, hold on. Okay. Places. Places. The history of film. That better who you when the lights go dim. From James Cagney to Nosferatu and stunts that shock you. And dirty, dirty tricks to your maid. From wings to Top Gun, movie stars and no ones. Romantic, crazy fans that leave no real of fun. Hollywood. It's still from history in Hollywood. They chased the Oscar, but it's all a sham, just like Shaq and Kazam. All your dreams can come true. Film history, the history of film. All of it made for you. Good God, that was terrible. <laughs> film, film history, the history of film. Sorry, I didn't get that one. <laughs> That is okay, Dev. We got you, brother. So we're going to... I don't have to tell the audience we're switching gears because they didn't know what gear we were going into in the first place. Yeah. (laughs) But today, due to some uh, audibles that we had to call, (laughs) I went to the old vault. And, Dev, I pulled out the Will Rogers episode, my man. 
This one's juicy because uh, <laughs> yet again, the golden age of Hollywood is lays the groundwork and foundation for most of Los Angeles. Good Lord. Yeah, this one definitely gets into Al Jolson territory. A He's got bit. a beach. He's what? Will Rogers has a beach. Will Rogers has a beach. That's the In only thing I believe. parks. Let me t- I'll preface this. Uh, Will Rogers is the squeakiest, cleanest person in this whole story. Don't really? Worry. He was cool. a nice man. Nice. He was a good dude. That's refreshing. Uh, it's yeah, refreshing to yeah. hear. Name beaches and parks after this man. He was fine. <laughs> Everyone he was surrounded with, not so much. <laughs> the Al Jolson beach is not going to fly, you don't think? <laughs> or the... Uh, how about naming... D.W. Griffith. Let's name a park after him and then act like we didn't. I swear to God, Griffith Park is named after D.W. Griffith. There's no way you can tell me it's not. The man was one of the biggest like filmmakers in history, and it was all about the KKK and white supremacy. And they're like, that park's not named after that guy. And it's just like, just like the Hollywood sign wasn't for a whites-only neighborhood. Right, you yeah, know? yeah, yeah. Revisionist there. Griffith could have been anybody. Griffith? There's plenty of Griffiths running around. It was named after my dog. Griffith. Griffith is a good name for a dog. Griffith, it would be if it weren't after DW. <laughs> Just don't name him DW, please. Uh, but yeah, no, I, I, uh, I never put any thought into it. I was just like, that's a beach nearby. And yeah, I was like, yeah. That's- there's a bunch of shit named after him. Cool. Will Rogers is uh, there's Will Rogers Beach, Will Rogers State Park. Uh, he has a state park named after him. This guy we're going to cool. be talking about today, and the reason, um, the reason we're talking about Will Rogers, I probably shouldn't even read word for word the old stuff because it's like different vibes now but different vibes will rogers was an actor on stage and in motion pictures he made 71 films wow yeah 50 of them were silent films wow and then he did 21 talkies so this man transitioned from silent to talkies right which is impressive which is impressive people didn't do that yeah Yeah. it's like almost impossible by the way speaking of i was watching uh roger rabbit for an episode that's coming up Mm -hmm. on roger rabbit Mm -hmm. (laughs) and uh betty boop they made a whole joke where betty boop's a waitress now because she didn't make it past the silent film era the talkies like killed her career oh my god that's so funny yeah it was like wow that flew over my head when i was 12 years old you know but yeah will will rogers is very cool i also like him because he wrote uh 4, nationally syndicated newspaper columns as well wow this guy he traveled the world three times over uh he had he had that like hollywood magic that some of these types of dudes had back then we've been talking a lot about these guys back in the olden days but you know these old the, the actors back in the day did everything. They they wrote papers. They did radio. We were talking about Orson Welles earlier in the War of the Worlds. They were just everywhere. You know it was it was very much um, you had to be multi talented, and that's exactly what Will Rogers was. He had a lot of talents, and he was uh, not a murderer or a racist. So that's good. Also, yeah, if you live in L.A., I definitely recommend uh, Will Go. You got to go to the Will Rogers Ranch. They have his house uh, up at his ranch by Malibu. Mm -hmm. It's this, you know, really nice old, like, house that he had uh, that overlooked the ocean. And he had a polo field and all this shit. And it's really cool, but they preserved it like he was living there. You know, they still have. It's like he's there. Cool. It's really crazy, man. It's really worth it. Um, yeah, it was this. It it had a view of the Pacific Ocean and a full size polo field. 
because back in the day, people, they loved them some horses. You remember this, Deb? <laughs> Deb, they man, there's, there's so much horse talk in Will Rogers. <laughs> yeah, horse talk. There, there's, there's a lot of horse uh, in which I find hilarious just, you know, for a multitude of reasons. But you will soon discover the affinity for horses and, you know, why you can fucking ride horses. I feel like everywhere in the hills in Cali. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, that was definitely due to these guys. They were setting up horse trails all over the place around L.A. back in these days. But the polo field, uh, it's so weird when you stand out there, though, because this polo field was... We're talking about the guys who would play polo there were like Howard Hughes, Walt Disney, uh, every billionaire uh, president would play on this polo field outside of Will Rogers' house. It was like... That was where celebrities went to go play polo. Was outside of his house. What's this fascination of polo? It was uh, just I like, think why do why do all rich people like it? I don't know, man. It it's seems a, like a lot. Yeah, like I don't know, like riding a horse when doing croquet on a horse. I don't know. It's dangerous as shit. You'll yeah. hear in the episode. It's oh, really? very dangerous. Really, yeah. <laughs> as in someone died on Will Rogers' polo field Holy once. Shit. Um, a few people actually. So I will uh, I'll begin this bi- biography of Will Rogers by having old radio man. He's going to tell you some origins of Will Rogers. Ooh. The year is 1879, Oklahoma. Will Rogers was born a Cherokee citizen to a prominent Cherokee family in the Cherokee Nation. He was one of eight kids and lived on his parents' ranch, the Dog Iron Ranch. Their house was known as the White House of the Verdigris River, built in 1875. His father, Clement Van Rogers, was a lawyer and judge for the Cherokee Nation, and also a Confederate soldier in the Civil War. Clement and Will's mother, Mary America Shermshire, were both of mixed race and Cherokee ancestors, and identified as Cherokee. Their family would often say, Their ancestors weren't on the Mayflower, but they met the boat. Oh. Yeah. That's kind of dark. That's dark. Yeah. <laughs> these were dark times. People were definitely using some gallows humor to cope back in these days. 1870s sure. is way older than way I was Way back in the you day. Say, yeah, this may be the up. oldest guy we talk about on film history really? so far. Yeah. I maybe. mean, definitely so far. Maybe maybe ever? He's know. He's older than Gunboat. He's older than that's for sure. <laughs> um, I'm I'm looking him up right now. Um, he just looks like a white dude. Like yeah. I would not have guessed that he has a, a Cherokee. He's of Cherokee descent. Yeah, I know. That's kind of the. That was one thing that I realized as well. I was like, I didn't realize how Cherokee Will Rogers really was, but he was when he was 11 years old. His mother passed away, and his father would remarry two years later. And apparently, Clement was not like a super nice dad. His, uh, yeah, his father was relocated to a reservation during the Trail of Tears. Will Rogers is now known as Oklahoma's favorite son, which <laughs> has to be very hurtful to all other kids in Oklahoma, right? It's like, <laughs> damn, like, we stayed in Oklahoma, all right? Um, so, <laughs> near the end of 1902, Will was 22 years old and working on the Dog Iron Ranch, doing ranch things he like trained horses and you know whipped stuff and uh what's another ranch thing he like open and close barn doors a lot okay shit like that he was out there ranching it up probably ate a lot of ranch dressing ranch dressing. yeah on horse meat or whatever (laughs) a lot of ranch shit so (laughs) old town country stuff old town country stuff in oklahoma in 1902 
he and a friend who, uh, one of his friends worked there, they get this idea. He had made friends with a guy who worked at the ranch, and they were doing ranch stuff together. And <laughs> friends with the guy at the ranch, and they were doing the thing together ranch stuff. in the barn alone. And his friend had this idea. Let's head off to Argentina and work as gauchos. Is this fucking, is this is Red this, Dead Redemption 2? Yeah, it's based, I, I got a plan. I was going to say, is this the prequel to Brokeback Mountain? We're going to run off to Argentina and drink wine and become gauchos. Gauchos or horse dudes, you know, as they're known in Argentina. Gaucho and uh, again, the horses, the horses run wild in this one. So they arrive in Argentina. So his love for horses starts from a young age. Uh, Yes. Doing ranch stuff. Doing ranch stuff. <laughs> and his buddy's like, let's go be horse dudes in Argentina. And Will was like, yeah, let's do it. It's 1902. There's nothing else to do around here besides, like, look at paint dry. I'll do anything, you know. <laughs> Especially at 22 years old. He's still living on the ranch. He's probably never seen the end of the street at this point. You know? <laughs> never seen another human being. Yeah, he's never even met, besides the dude who's uh, he's about to run off to Argentina with, that's the only human he knows, and his very angry father, who <laughs> is very uh, very justifiably angry at America. And <laughs> just a bunch of horses. Just a bunch of horses. Just all the ranch stuff. Probably like a cow. Our cow cows are on ranches sometimes. Uh, maybe um, a sheep. <laughs> sheep or two. He's just talking to him. So he and his buddy get to Argentina in May of 1902. And by October, they had lost all their money trying to be ranch owners in Buenos Aires. It, it, it still sounds kind of nice, though, even though they lost all their money. They're probably just like drinking tequila at like a bar at night. And it's like 112 degrees at 9 p.m. You know, it's like kind of it's very... uh. 1902 Hunter S. Thompson-like behavior. <laughs> so Will and his buddy go broke in Argentina, trying to start up this ranch in Buenos Aires. And when they went broke, they kind of just parted ways. And Will actually, he sailed for South Africa, where he picked up a job breaking horses for the British <laughs> Army at 22 years old. <laughs> These guys, this shit that you would do, man. Steve's just off being in the Merchant Marine. Will Rogers back in the day, you know, would just break horses for the British break Army. Break horses for the South African Army? Yeah. yeah. Those weren't used to do anything bad. No, not at all. <laughs> yeah, that's very true. I said he was squeaky clean. He was basically an arms dealer. <laughs> so <he's>, yeah. <laughs> he's just this young dude in his early 20s, bopping around the world, trying to make some money. And uh, he said he would never ask Clement for any money. Of course, I wouldn't either. I would not have asked his dad for any money either. And while he's in South Africa, this is where Rogers kind of began his showbiz career. See, back in his school days, instead of learning all that bullshit like math or whatever they were teaching, <laughs> Will was actually just out outside of school training with his rope, and he would learn how to do as many tricks as he could with this fucking rope, and he would show it off everywhere. Did he invent rope tricks? He basically was like a, a first rope trick film person <laughs> but he was while he, when he was a kid you know how cag was doing cellar doors yeah, yeah this yeah. is this was before that this was will doing uh rope tricks rope stuff he was he was like cellar door cagney but with ropes <laughs> and this was uh what 30 this is 28 years bc wow yeah this is how long ago this was wow and he's down in south africa 
he was spotted doing rope tricks by a man named Texas Jack. <laughs> who ran Texas Jack's Wild West Circus in South Africa. Texas Jack ran a in South Africa? In ironically not in Texas. Yeah, yeah, not in Texas at all. Far from Texas. <laughs> in 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 the early 1900s <laughs> did Anyone in South Africa know what Texas was? Uh, they would when Texas Jack came through. He would teach you what Texas was. And it basically was this crazy vaudeville show where it was people shooting stuff and roping stuff and horse tricks. And okay. it, it, it did really well in South Africa. They loved this shit down there. This is probably where the myth of the cowboy in the world culture got started. Like yeah. in the 1800s. The early 19th, the expanse West, like taking over the pioneering new frontier. Like there's books, there's Lewis and Clark and there's the Alamo. People heard of the Alamo, even though they don't know what the fuck it is. Very true. It's literally Western culture spreading. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, It's like the, it's, it's the most, um, stereotypical America at this time. Right. Yeah, exactly. I was just going to say it's the most, um, I just thought you were going to say it's the most America. (laughs) Most America. That, 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 that's fractious. It it's was America. definitely the most America at this time. I'm going to see the America show. <laughs> and I guess Texas Jack was probably in South Africa. Uh, Will is down there breaking horses for the British Army in South Africa. <laughs> and maybe Texas Jack saw him break a horse. Maybe Texas Jack went to the military to supply a horse. I don't know. Somehow, Will Rogers was around town <laughs> what exactly doing rope breaking tricks. breaking a horse? So sledgehammer te- the knees? Yeah, no. You're teaching a horse to obey humans. Okay. You're taking a wild horse and you're breaking them into. You're domesticating a horse. Ah, I see. Yeah, and that was that was the way the West was won. You know, I mean, horses. We built this whole world on the backs of horses. Built this Damn it. city on horses. <laughs> horses back. I mean, even our our fucking vehicles measure things in horsepower. In horsepower. <laughs> <laughs> At this time, you had one horsepower, Which, baby. That's one beneath my legs. I looked up like the horsepower conversion, and it's it's more nonsense than it's you ridiculous. think. It's ridiculous. It's so nonsense. This would it, take 300 horses But that's to not go actually what fast. it means. Yeah. yeah. It does, I, it's not actually like if you had 300 horses. It's right. some, there's some other scale that's like... And nerds build cars. <laughs> like, nerds build cars. The conversions and math that goes into car culture is insane. But, uh, yeah. I'll just so, stick to building horses. <laughs> Men build horses. Nerds build cars. <laughs> <laughs> That's what Will Rogers would say. <laughs> Got the motorized horses around here. So he's he's doing his rope thing at Texas Jack's Wild West Circus. And under Texas Jack's tutelage, Will perfected a rope trick that he would do with his pony that would eventually make him famous like is there a single actor that didn't start in the circus i'm telling i know not back in these days no <laughs> this man literally became famous from a rope trick on a pony basically and i i just i don't know yeah they loved horses back in the day they loved some horses no bucket required am i right guys hey, i was giving that joke just earlier, the right so I yeah just the I right no bucket required i don't think anybody was fucking their horses in the circus but i can't I can't they, had to have been. they had to have been. They had to have been. If there's... They're carnies. <laughs> yeah, if there's a circus of horses, someone's banging that someone's horse. Someone's banging that horse. 
Or that just horse the... is banging someone. <laughs> <laughs> just the right height, no bucket required. Oh, go watch that horrifying YouTube video and regret it for the rest of your life. The, uh, the funniest H3H3 video ever, oh in my, my opinion. God. Like that was peak H3H3. <laughs> And Will said that most of his... I love how I have to I have Yeah, to I was transition. like, what the fuck with that segue? <laughs> I have to segue somehow. Uh, Will said that most of his showbiz knowledge came from watching Texas Jack. He had this to say about him. Texas Jack had a little Wild West aggregation that visited the camps and did a tremendous business. I did some roping and riding. And Jack, who was one of the smartest showmen I ever knew, took a great interest in me. It was he who gave me the idea for my original stage act with my pony. I learned a lot about the show business from him. He could do a bum act with a rope that an ordinary man couldn't get away with and make the audience think it was great. So I used to study him by the hour. And from him, I learned the great secrets of the show business. Knowing when to get off. It's the fellow who knows when to quit that the audience wants more of. Mm. So he thought it was like, a, you got to know when to fold them. Yeah, interesting. Yeah, leave the audience wanting more. Like, yeah. don't stay until they're tired of you. Right. This rope yeah. trick has gone on too long. Mm -hmm. Texas Jack would just give you a little tease, mm -hmm. like he would the horses. Yeah. <laughs> How long is too long for a rope trick? I don't know. <laughs> Especially, I mean... I would say any amount of time. Well, but <laughs> you're talking about 1902, and I know uh, these... These things toured, by the way, like when we're talking about a circus tour, depending on how big your circus was, if you're a big circus, you're touring to, you know, the outskirts of cities and shit. These smaller circuses, and probably Texas Jack ranks among these guys, you'd be touring to like mine shafts and shit. Mm -hmm. And this was like you Magic. and a, uh, a, a stand-up comedian of sorts, but back in these days, and like a bunch of sex workers would show up to a mining town, and it was like, we're going to give you a show, and you're going to drink, and like probably get laid, and then go back to the mine tomorrow. Oh my yeah. god. <laughs> this was the type of shit you were putting on shows for like dudes with dirty faces and frowning you know like just very sad people they're like first the rope trick then the whores and then afterwards we'll combine the two <laughs> the origins of bdsm yeah. and imagine the set inside the circus is just a mine shaft <laughs> yeah, oh my like, god i yeah. can never get away yeah, it's like, oh no, we should not have brought our mine material here. This is the wrong place for it. <laughs> this this mine shaft material worked really well in New York, but out here in the mine shafts, it's not all that great. So, <laughs> so yeah, Play Will. <laughs> so now Will, he's uh, it's like. 1903, so he's about 23 years old at this time, and he's touring with a circus in South Africa, Texas Jack's Wild West Circus. And I just imagine Clement is at home just not very proud of his son. <laughs> it's kind of like a going thing here, you know, actors running away to the circus and they're yeah, strict fathers. Yeah, I mean, well, like, how would... There's no communication, right? Like, if you're in South Africa in 1907, you might like, as well be on Mars. Yeah, like, I'm at the circus, Dad. Like, yeah. <laughs> Many horses around here. 
Uh, he's like, his dad's like, what's in Africa? Like, is that is that a new state? Like, you've never heard of this shit. <laughs> that's true. He was a judge. He was a very well-read man. No, he true. probably knew. Then, he knew what was up. a Cherokee leader, right? He yeah. Probably knew all, he probably was very well aware. He's like, what other countries are getting taken the fuck right. over my <laughs> <laughs> Who else is being colonized? Just refer to the big book of colonization back in the day and see who what war was on at the time. You know, they would just ship it out every month. Like, here's the countries being taken. <laughs> Oh my God! Uh, Texas. Total got so pissed off with the French and the Dutch. <laughs> I I really I wish we had a recording of Texas Jack. I want to oh, know what this man sounded like. Me too. I imagine he would. I can't even imagine what Texas Jack was like. I met a few Mississippi Carnies when I was a teenager, <laughs> and I just I imagine they were kind of like those guys. You know, I remember. I met a carny in Mississippi at a bar who was getting drunk in the middle of the day at this bar and he walked out pretty hammered and he got in the truck and it had like a ride on the back of the truck that he was going to set up at the carnival. Oh my night. God. And I was like, I won't be going to the carnival anymore. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, uh, I, I, uh, my parents are always suspicious of those carnivals because oh, they're dude. like, they build them in like a weekend. Like, they I don't, know how, I don't yeah, know how safe this is. Not a whole lot. And I didn't know there would be built by drunk carnies <laughs> drunk carnies you don't hear about many accidents but then again if you die at a carnival i think they just like you just go missing yeah yeah yeah, yeah yeah what carnival know? yeah what carnival there was never even a carnival here prove <laughs> come to the grounds and prove that there was ever even a carnival here. <laughs> you just found dead in a lot <laughs> it was the carnival's gone the carnival five minutes after your death the entire carnival is gone <laughs> he drowned in the mud yeah. he's just in a field wait deb did you find texas jack no way no way really see what he looks like he looks like <clears throat> the epitome of an american badass <laughs> He's got like a whip Whoa. on his right hip. He's pretty high. <laughs> right. Why is he so high? And, like these, <laughs> these fancy like Zorro boots on. Yeah. With like this Gaucho boots. Shirt. Yeah, yeah. Black but, you know, like, sexy he's in ass the fucking, shirt. Well, this is he's Texas in the Jack. Sun. This and that's like dark on dark, man. Yeah, like man. Night Rider or some shit. And this and his hair underneath the hat is fixed and curled. Look and at styled. that curly like time. ass, sexy hair. Yeah, he looks like a modern day dude took a picture back then. Right, he looked like a man from that time. I hope the next was Texas Jack with a shirt on. <laughs> I, I hope he. Did Wait, this. well, this is Texas Jack Junior. Is this was there? Is no was... wonder Will Rogers ran away to South Africa. <laughs> no, Texas this Jack asked me to run away. That was... Okay. That's crazy, man. Okay, now it all makes sense. He also looks like he's 21 fucking years old. Yeah, when, when was this picture? Like, yeah, 1860 to 1905. That was him. Oh, my. Wow. He didn't live very long. Oh, that. Damn, he died in 1905. Wow. Whoa, is this another picture of Texas Jack Jr.? Whoa. Why is he so hot? What? <laughs> Look at those eyes. Are you kidding me? <laughs> oh, 
Texas? He's a, yeah. he's a heartthrob. Wow. He's a Listen, if that's what we're exporting to other countries, I'm all for it. <laughs> you damn right, man. That He's he's from, like, he's not from Texas. <laughs> Dude, straight out central wonder, casting. Man, Will Rogers was having a lot of fun over in <laughs> South Africa. <laughs> was Will Rogers gay? I'm, I'm starting to wonder if I am after looking at Texas Jack. Everybody's gay around Texas Jack. <laughs> That man with those eyes is shooting like little apples off of targets and shit. He's incredibly pretty. Like <laughs> that's awesome. He died in man. Texas Jack died in 1905 because uh, Will actually he left the circus in 1904 and returned to America. Texas Jack probably just like killed himself. He died of heartbreak. He died of heartbreak. <laughs> His man ran away. These are these these stories could all. These all look pretty interesting whenever you really <laughs> Is see it me the pictures. Or does this picture of Texas Jack look like Shia LaBeouf? <laughs> <laughs> wait, 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 which, which, oh. Oh, my God. That looks God. like a completely different person. No, this is a completely think, different human. He looks like Shia. He does look different in that picture, though. Maybe that's his natural hair? Oh, this, wait. Is this all the same Texas Jack, or is I this a different this Texas Jack? this might be a Jack? different one. That might be Texas Jack Sr. Texas Jack is just the right height, no bucket required. No bucket required. <laughs> So, yeah, 1904, a year before Texas Jack, pretty-ass Texas Jack's death. Will returned returned to the U.S., and he performed at the St. Louis World's Fair, which is a big-ass deal. This man performed at a historic event. You know about the World Fair, like the World Fairs that they used to have? Yeah, it was the first one ever. And Or no, maybe not. I, I don't know if this was the first one, actually. First World Fair was in 1851. Wow. So that was the Tesla Fair. Edison thing, yeah. They cool. were they were duking out in 1851. That was how old. Yeah, Tesla man. Day, <laughs> I want I do want to do an episode on Edison, and we probably will have to just because like he did he was yeah. unfortunately one of the inventors of film. Yeah. But also like I'm not gonna be nice about it. No, <laughs> I'm gonna oh, tell no. about Edison as as honestly as I possibly can. Yeah. And how like most shit that he quote unquote invented was just ripped off by people who worked for him, mm-hmm. and then they would disappear at a carnival. <laughs> 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 they were found drowned in the mud in an empty lot that <laughs> definitely never had a carnival at it. Carnival ever had. All right, let's get back to Will Rogers. <laughs> <laughs> Who? Who? So in 1904, Will Rogers, he's about 24. He returned to the United States. He left Texas Jack behind. And I think, uh, I don't know, I think, I still think Texas Jack, Texas Jack died in 1905. I still think it was of heartbreak because Will left. <laughs> But he returned to the U.S. and performed at the St. Louis World's Fair. Then uh, he he performed there. He got a lot of attention there. And he headed off to New York to see if he could get this rope trick in vaudeville at the time. Vaudeville was, of course, huge in New York at this time. And this is uh, really where the fun begins for old old Will Rogers. (laughs) On, On April 27, 1905... Will is in Madison Square Garden, and he's doing his rope tricks for the public. He's just out there jumping through hoops or whatever, and a steer breaks out of the arena of Madison Square Garden. This big-ass cow breaks out, 
begins to climb into the stands of Madison Square Garden Whoa. and just kicking people and like going insane, <laughs> goring the shit out of people. Yeah, it's just like fucking wild bull is loose in the stands at Madison Square Garden, and Will like lassos this cow and he saves the day and he like you know he breaks horses for a living for the army so he managed to calm down this wild bull and the crowd went wild like he's basically like in the middle of madison square garden and everybody's cheering for him because he just saved their kids or whatever (laughs) by the way save their kids or whatever To all the artists and like performers and musicians and comedians out there, uh, you know, I just want to point out that he played the garden at 20 something with rope tricks. With rope tricks. Yep. Yeah. You guys better step it up a notch. The standard for entertainment was a lot lower back then. Good luck getting good luck getting anyone to come to your rope show nowadays, buddy. Man, I don't know. If you look like Texas Jack and do Texas Jack's circus, they'll probably come. You know what? Actually, I bet if you're really good at rope tricks, you can have a fire TikTok right now. Oh yeah. The rope trick TikTok is ripe for the taking. Hey man, I'd I'd put my money down. I would buy a ticket for Texas Jack's Wild West Circus. I would go. If he had it to a in LA right now, I'd go. Dudes are shooting. Like I said, I just went to the Waterworld show at Universal. I basically went to Texas Jack's Wild West Circus I, at I Universal Studios. <laughs> dudes are. I mean, you got to imagine Texas Jack's Wild West Circus. These dudes are firing live ammo. You know, they're shooting shit with shooting real ammo at shit and and again this is like gotta be much like a circus because they're playing the garden so they're bringing right. that like old frontier west culture and entertainment well this is like a- this is what we think a cowboy is and they're playing <laughs> new york city you know? yeah this is just will this is will's solo tour at this point he's right. just doing his stuff with other people now but he 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 lassos this Wild Bull in the stands of Madison Square Garden. And the next day, he's on the front page of every newspaper in New York. And it's like, Hero Horseman lassos killer cow, or, you know, some shit like that. And everybody, he becomes this, like, kind of household name in New York overnight as this crazy cowboy who saved some lives and was a big hero in New York. Yeah, I mean, that's a cool-ass story. Yeah. Like, that's, that's really dope. Yeah. Um, and I bet he got... All the ladies. Oh my god, dude! After that, he went to Manhattan. every bar in Brooklyn. <laughs> yeah, every bar in Manhattan. <laughs> but none of them could take the place Texas Jack. Nobody, nobody mm. could take Texas Jack's place. Just the red hat. No bucket required. No bucket required. Rest in peace, Texas Jack. <laughs> this one goes out to you. <laughs> so oh, we're uh, update. I looked up uh, rope tricks on TikTok. There's there is definitely people doing rope tricks. Absolutely. But they ain't get no views. Nah, I, 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 for sure. Can't you can't make it in today's world doing rope tricks? You can't do it like Will Rogers did it. That's why mm. you gotta learn Will Rogers. If you go up, it's really cool too. Like I said earlier, if you go to his ranch, he had a whole place in his house. He had like a big space in the middle of his house where he would just practice rope tricks all day. Will Rogers' heroic bull saving actions reached the Victoria Theater in New York, the most successful theater in New York, ran by Hammerstein. You know, like Rogers and Hammerstein. No. Oh, yeah. Old, old theater people. Um, this was the biggest one in New York, the Victoria. You even <laughs> saw, I even remember seeing, like, you know, the commercials would come on TV when you were a kid, like Rodgers and Hammerstein Presents. And, yeah, it'd be some 
like play coming to theaters or whatever. What? But oh yeah, man. Rogers and Hammerstein. So Hammerstein, <laughs> he was known for he was known for this like uh, really interesting theater in New York. He was known for freak acts, as they were known. Celebrities or people notorious for scandals would appear on stage sometimes, mm-hmm. and it was just people doing like crazy shit. Mm-hmm. I mean, his theater was like an acid trip. Like that was kind of what he was into. It was just women dressed as boats and like <laughs> tap dancing and it was just insane it was this like wild broadway you know okay. it was really cool there'd be like people taking baths on stage and people in stuffed animal costumes and shit it's like a miley cyrus party but like on a broadway stage <laughs> okay huh. Like, and also a side note for correction, uh, Roger did Hammerstein. Because this is a, it's contrast because they're so big. Uh, they did Oklahoma, Carousel, South Pacific, The King and I, and Cinderella, and The Sound of Music. Wow, The Sound of Music. That's right. Yes. Yeah. 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 Will Rogers said he worked fifty weeks a year on the roof of the theater. He had uh, Hammerstein had made the roof of the Victoria into another performing space, and when you got there. And you were starting out in the theater, in his theater, you would start out on the roof. And that was like your intro in. But it was cool. I mean, it overlooked New York. It's this rooftop theater experience that you're coming for. And it was perfect for Will because his thing is more of an outdoors thing anyway. He's got like his pony up there and shit, you Whoa. know. Which I just, <laughs> how the fuck did he get a pony on the roof is a different story. A crane. A crane. <laughs> just, I bet he just walked it up the stairs, man. Somebody was no. in Victoria that night just watching Will like go up to the roof with his pony. Horses don't go upstairs. <laughs> <laughs> his does. I'm sure, they could figure it out. His pony does whatever he Do wants. You know, <laughs> fun fact, you know, cows don't go downstairs. That's that's right. That's right. Really? I didn't know that. <laughs> I definitely heard that growing up in Mississippi. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> they just like a high school prank is like you can't they, they, they refuse to go. They you have to like there. get an elevator. So <laughs> yeah. we like you know people for like high school pranks would take a cow and walk it up the stairs <laughs> or take it up in the elevator and it would just stay up there because you can't you can't leave it down. Some bitch. Some kids done left a cow up here again. <laughs> I gotta deal with this shit all day. I'm supposed to be a principal of these five kids at this school. <laughs> they done brought a cow up here. I don't even know why we got two stories to this school. There's only five kids in it. <laughs> why do we need two damn stories? There's three kids downstairs, two upstairs, and now a damn cow. <laughs> so, yeah, right. Will was up Grandma, there. Grandma, there's a cow outside. <laughs> Grandma, there's a bunch of cows outside, you little shit. Now give me another whiskey. <laughs> it's a cow farm. We're going to see some cows. <laughs> so Will Will was starting to he was really making some money up there on the roof too. This man in 1905 was making $140 a week. And if you do the old inflation calculation, that is the equivalent to $4,000 nowadays. He was making that a week okay. out of nowhere. He went from working in Argentina to breaking horses in South Africa to wild, hot-ass Texas Jack Circus, doing rope tricks there. And then he did the St. Louis World Fair, saved a bunch of people from a rampaging bull in Madison Square Garden, and now he's making four grand a week at 25 years old. Okay. In, in, yeah, in 1905. Well, um Question, uh, do you know how much he was making at the Texas Jack Show? No, I do not. I... 
I don't imagine very much, to be honest, just because, yeah. like I said, whenever I was talking about like Steve McQueen joining the circus and it's no fun, yeah. that's another thing. You do not get paid very much to be in a circus yeah. back in these days, you know. I don't imagine you get paid much now either. No. Um, but uh, and then also the the friend he moved to Argentina with. Do you ever know what happened to him? No, I don't know whatever happened to that guy. I don't even know his name. Mm. Um, it was just a guy who worked on the ranch with him and his dad, Clement. And unremarkable. Yeah, yeah. I mean, again, it's one of those things. It's it's one of those people who was in this person's life who may have had a big impact on them, but unfortunately their name is just mm-hmm. lost to history. Yeah. You know, maybe not. If I did some deeper diving, maybe it's in a book somewhere. If anybody out there knows who that guy was who worked on the Dog Iron Ranch with Will, um, email us or some shit. I don't the know, Dog Iron us. Ranch sounds like a really bougie like gym in West Hollywood. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to dog iron today. The iron, the iron throne. That's like that's where like church. Chris Pratt trains. Yeah. The dog iron ranch. The dog iron ranch, dude. It's definitely like the logo looks like a branding iron, you know. Yeah. But it's like a dumbbell. Yeah. Yeah. Dog <laughs> iron. We should start that. Get sued by Clement's descendants. <laughs> so in 1908, uh, now you know, kind of like. Times Square star, uh, Will Will Rogers at this point. He's he's got his he's still running his show on the roof. He's really popular. Everybody goes up to the roof of the Victoria to see him, and he meets a lady named Betty Blake, and uh, they married in 1908. So he gets married. He's about yeah like 28 at this point. Um, Betty Blake and he had four children: Will Rogers Jr., Mary Amelia. James Blake and Fred Stone, and all of his kids were like go getters. Like mm-hmm. they were like him. Will Jr. was a war hero during World War II. Uh, Mary Amelia became a Broadway actress on her own. And I want to talk about Mary for just a second. <laughs> Deb, do you remember Mary Amelia Rogers? How we were talking about her? I, I, I don't. Yeah. So she would become a kind of a stand up comedian. Back in these days, back in like the uh, 1910s, 1920s, she was a humorist and she had a brief stage and film career with this dream to follow in her dad's footsteps and, you know, carry on the showbiz family name. Uh, She made her Broadway debut in 1932 in the comedy On to Fortune. And in 1940, she actually helped organize a Hollywood group called One Husband Inc. And it was for women who, play, who pledged to marry only once. And she honored that pledge. She only got married one time. She married the stepson of General Douglas MacArthur in 1950. His name was Walter Brooks III. General Douglas MacArthur was my grandfather's general in World War II. Oh, he wow. was the people's general. He ah. was a famous general, World War II hero. Oh. And Will Rogers' daughter, Mary, married his stepson. Wow. His cool. stepson was a real piece of shit. Ah. Uh, yeah, which is... You don't love to see it. You don't love to see it. He was not uh, Douglas's blood. He was just mm. his stepson. So I, it, clearly he didn't get it. But, um, <laughs> he didn't get it. <laughs> two years into the marriage, 1952, she was divorcing him due to abuse. Ah. And they had public fights where, like, paparazzi would be taking pictures of him punching her in Holy the street shit. and shit yeah there was once where a guy intervened and like beat the shit out of him because he was just in the street beating her yeah you know and dudes back then would actually 
stand up for people. <laughs> anyway, um, dude, still stand up. Yeah, for that's people. true. That is true. That is very true. I'll give you that. Uh, but but it was a different time and a different culture. Yeah, as we, was, as we know, but the the before CAG and after CAG. Yeah, <laughs> if you're beating up a woman in the street and a recent World War II veteran is anywhere in the vicinity, you're probably going to get your ass like destroyed. Yeah, you know? I mean but, the the moral is you can only beat up women if you're paid to do it on camera. <laughs> <laughs> that makes you a movie star at Warner uh, Brothers. Yeah. Right? Do it in public, no bueno. Do it fake on screen, <laughs> we'll make you a millionaire. <laughs> <laughs> so Mary divorced this guy, and she also discovered her true sexuality after she divorced him. She found out she is not straight at all. Uh, that's one of the reasons why she was only going to marry a dude, one dude ever. And <laughs> she, take, yeah. she kept the pledge. Yeah, she kept the pledge. She traveled to Italy, Spain, and Greece and became a painter, wrote poetry, and then she wound up in Monaco uh, just being this badass poker player. She's in Monaco in the 30s and 40s as just like this poker shark, Will Rogers' daughter, who left her somewhere around $60 million Holy shit. at the time when after his death. So she just bopped around the world hooking up with girls at, at fancy-ass casinos. That's so cool. And like winning, beating ass in poker and stuff. She became this socialite in monaco in first-hand accounts women said women would write like there was a few people who she interacted with you know these are all people rich people in monaco so a few of them wrote books mm -hmm. and they wrote about first-hand accounts of meeting her and they said she would sit by a woman at a bar and tell her hey i have 60 million dollars you want to hang out with me tonight <laughs> <laughs> And if that worked, she'd buy them drinks, and, you know, then a, apparently they would have, like, a week with her where she would just buy them, like, clothes and jewelry and wow. be their girlfriend and then kind of disappear. You that's, know, it's like... That's pretty cool. <laughs> that's pretty cool. Yeah, his daughter was cool as shit. I had to mention her in this episode. Yeah. Uh, what were but the other two kids? The other two kids, I don't know much about. Um, and also, this is an old episode that I just pulled up. <laughs> <laughs> Last minute. Probably. Um... That's the story you just told me is really cool. But uh, when you first said Amelia, I thought you were gonna be like and Amelia, who you might know <laughs> as Amelia Earhart. Yeah. And I was like, oh, I wouldn't be surprised. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised. These stories all take such insane turns that wouldn't even shock me. <laughs> but uh, back to Will. Back in time. By the fall of 1915, he was appearing on Broadway. Actually. Oh, okay. Like the autumn. I thought you for a second. I was oh. like the fall of 1915. I was no, like, no, what no, happened? By 1915. The autumn of 1915. <laughs> yeah. uh, <laughs> Will was appearing on Broadway in the famous show Zigfeed Follies, produced by mega producers Claw and Erlanger, who were holding down kind of a monopoly on the casting and the vaudeville circuits at the time. These dudes were like robber barons of vaudeville, apparently, and. This is one that I was talking about. They featured, like, famous chorus girls known as the Zigfeed Girls. There's still pictures of them out there, too, by the way. It's really cool. And they would parade up and down flights of stairs as birds or battleships. Or they did a lot of, like, <laughs> ship costumes, by the way, back in the day. They're really wild. Yeah, they're really into people dressing up as ships. Ships, ships and horses and birds. 
And while Ro Will Rogers would just be doing lasso tricks and just improv and witty banter about current events on stage. Interesting. And uh, and people were surrounded him dressed as battleships. Plus, it was a really fun show. It sounds like a fun-ass show. <laughs> and it, this kind of started this thing for Will because he liked to talk to about world events. He didn't... He was said to have been pretty fair... Apparently on stage, he would just talk about the news. He didn't really give his opinions, but he would just kind of talk about what's going on around the world while he was doing rope tricks. <laughs> <laughs> so I imagine he kind of knew to, like, keep the show, you know. But that would be a much more interesting way to watch the evening news. Yeah, if, uh, <laughs> if they're doing rope, rope tricks, tricks and yeah. there's women in battleship costumes yeah. around you. There was no quake yesterday. Can you imagine... If that's like the uh, warm up comic for like a late night talk show now, it comes out doing rope tricks. How do you follow that shit? I gotta do crowd work. Yeah. That'd be awesome. That'd be cool. Dude. That'd be really cool. Bringing a lot more heads. Yeah. In 1918. See, you can succeed with rope there tricks. There you go. Today. Yeah, there you go. That's how you do it. If you go do a rope trick at a studio right now, somebody will probably ask you to do something <laughs> or ask you to leave. <laughs> that's still something. Yeah, that's still something. You got spoken to. <laughs> So by 1918, Will was approached by Goldwyn Studios. We've talked about these bastards before. He was approached by Goldwyn Studios in Hollywood for a three-year studio contract that would pay triple his Broadway salary. So now we're talking about twelve grand a week, and he a week. A week. Wow. And in modern day money, I mean, back yeah, in the day, yeah, it yeah. was, uh, it was how twelve much? cents. Yeah, yeah, twelve twelve wooden nickels. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, he moved his family west, and he bought the ranch in Pacific Palisades that's still there today. He bought that in 1918 wow. and lived there forever, basically. I mean, he was very rich, so he probably had multiple places where he stayed. Yeah. But that was, like, his main home. Wow. Um, yeah, this house, it featured a... He, he basically, again, he set up his own production company, like I was talking about other people do back in these days, and... You know, he becomes the biggest movie star in the world. Yeah, yeah. Like, instantly, basically. They put him <laughs> in some movies. Goldwyn Studios puts him in some stuff. And he bought this house. Wait, I'm sorry. Was, so, uh, how did uh, they hear about him? They, Someone just saw his show? Yeah. I'm, I'm sh how did they not hear yeah, about him? Yeah, basically. It was like, how did... Yeah. I mean, he <laughs> was... At this time, he was the star on Broadway. Mm -hmm. You know, the Zigfeed. And they were the biggest, biggest show in town. And he is the star of it. So, cool. Okay. Yeah. And, um, yeah, he signed the three-year three studio contract, and he became a huge movie star. And he, when this house that he bought was like a rapper buying a house at the time. Like, it, it was a state-of-the-art kitchen, an electric fridge, a hot-point electric range, 11 bathrooms, one for every bedroom. And we're talking about, he had an electric fridge back when people didn't even know what the fuck that was. Right, yeah, yeah. You know? <laughs> electric free what um, witchcraft I s I remember okay ignore it <laughs> and of course like any other guy at this time he took up a love for aviation started flying planes <laughs> oh my god everyone flew planes everyone flew planes why I and guess there's just nothing else to do there's nothing else to do and they're right there you know especially if you're rich planes are cheap you know, Sanders at the time. <laughs> I would be terrified to fly a plane, dude. I mean, I don't know. The flying's not what scares me. The landing's what scares me. Yeah. Like, I, I don't know if I ever want to be trusted with with a flying device. <laughs> like, yeah. Uh, I've flown uh, planes. Oh, 
What? What? That's crazy. I've flown a couple of planes uh, from St. Pete here in Tampa to uh, the Keys. Is it uh, hard as shit? <laughs> no, I learned originally on Microsoft Flight Simulator. Wow. So you just learn the controls yeah, and how everything works and everything. Truthfully, you just spend hours like training and then... Uh, getting it real time, there was a pilot, and I sat next to him, and he took off and did all the radio, but he was like, all right, uh, we'll see uh, if you can get us back on track. And he would, like, dive the plane and turn it, and he'd be like, he'd be like all right, grab the controls and go to this heading. And I, like, went and did it because, you know, I was, tr- like, studying and had an interest. And it was, it was like driving your own roller coaster. That's wow. awesome. That's what it's like. Dude. That's super cool. Yeah, you got really to cool. fly and us around. <laughs> I, I'm I'm sure I can if that's the end of the world. Uh, <laughs> we'll wind up like Leonard Skinner. Well, Who? So why I got an answer <laughs> why was everybody joke. was into <laughs> flying. <laughs> Leonard Skinner. Yeah, that's, uh, I don't know what happened to him though. Yeah, they wrecked in a plane ah, in Mississippi of all places ah, to, to crash. I see. There's no tall buildings there, and they were <laughs> they from and the they ground. were from Florida. Yeah, they were. They were from, from Florida. Florida, so you're hexing the shit I out know, of us right man, now. Jesus. Nev- the three of us can never get into a plane together. We can never get point. in a plane together, and we can never fly over the south. Yeah. Also, <laughs> um, um, is a, a lot of flying planes seems like it probably gets boring like unless you're like, pulling out nosedives and stuff like you're yeah. just sitting there like for hours like yeah. depends on the, the plane and depends on the weather bro that's like it's almost like sailing or riding a boat right. it's just three-dimensional you have it currents in the air you have different pressures you're always moving and okay. adjusting if i were a commercial pilot flying a plane i would definitely have my earbuds in listening to it's time to feel the rage. Join us on Film Rage, where we talk movies, current releases, coming attractions, streaming, and classic films as well. Directors and actors, beware as you cannot hide from the rage. My name is Bryce, and I'm part of the Film Rage crew, which also includes Jim. Hey, hey. And Murray. Yo. Why is it you always talk? All the time. I can't understand I why. This, this, is this is the Merman, the voice of reason. These two can't agree on anything most of the time. Some movies are Mondo, some are just Every week, something is going to make us rage. Join us every Wednesday and feel the rage. Uh, so I was going to say something about why uh, everybody at that time period was interested in flying. Mm. Flying, flying's new. Yeah. It's the early 1900s. Yeah, right. it's, it's the new technology the cool, on the box. The so it's like, hobby, yeah. Yeah. It, yeah. It's like, yo, I, I can't drive a Ferrari, but I can fly this fucking plane. That's you true. Know? Yeah, well, that it's funny sense. you say that, Dev. I mean, we're talking, Will Rogers was literally his flying buddies that he went flying with were Charles Lindbergh, oh my God. Amelia Earhart. You mentioned Amelia yeah. Earhart earlier. He flew with Amelia Earhart. That's wild. He f- Howard Hughes, I bet. Yeah, he flew with Howard Hughes. He flew with uh, Brigadier General William Billy Mitchell. Brigadier. Brigadier General. And he also he flew with a guy named Wiley Post, a one-eyed daredevil pilot from Oklahoma. And that was a mistake for Will. I'll keep it for the end. But that didn't bode well. Oh, I mean, dude's only got one eye. Yeah, dude's yeah. only got one There's eye. There's no depth hey. perception. <laughs> what, do you, what do you guys got about people with one I'm eye? I'm saying it might be a liability <laughs> when you're flying a plane. Bitch, I flew planes with one eye. <laughs> Very true. That dude was just an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he was. A, he was also. I'm, he I'm was a daredevil pilot. I'm saying, if you try and sign up for the Air Force and you got one eye, they're not going to let you in. <laughs> Wiley was. We'll get into it. How they actually. His name was Wiley. His name was Wiley. Wiley. <laughs> Do not get in a plane if your pilot's name was Wiley. 
and if he's a daredevil pilot at that, this man literally tried to kill himself with planes to see if he could save himself from it. That was like his whole stick, you know? Like, Will was lassoing cows, and this guy was like, watch me not die from this thing. I should definitely die from doing. Oh, my God. Um, <laughs> no. Oh, also, Charles Lindbergh, not a great dude. Not a great dude. That's what I was saying about, like, yeah. Will Rogers is the squeakiest, cleanest guy in this whole story compared to all of his friends. Yeah. Yeah. And one of his friends, as a matter of fact, Howard Hughes, Will's, Will's wife, Betty, hated Howard Hughes. Really? And Howard would come over and land his big-ass plane full of, like, hot actresses. He would just land on the polo field and just be like, coming in for a landing. Oh and, like, you didn't know he was coming, yeah. you know? <laughs> Fucking Betty's probably out there, like, playing with the kids. Yeah. And this big-ass plane just comes barreling into your backyard. Ruins and their polo field. full of drunk women <laughs> and Howard being weird, you know? And, yeah, now and the polo field's all fucked up. I don't think that there up. was... I don't think there was like air traffic control back no, then. No, so yeah, like, you know, just like here it's I come. It's kind of like a free for all. You just like take off and go somewhere and just land where <laughs> the fuck like, you want. It's your horn. It's not like you could text and be like on the way. On the way, it's just like yeah. you'll, you'll know when I get you'll there. Know when I get there, this is gonna be my. <laughs> He'll send Morse code. <laughs> I'm, gonna, I'm gonna land the spruce goose in your fucking <laughs> polo field. You'll know I'm there. You know. He just, well, that was, like, his thing, and that's how he, like, picked up those actresses like Audrey Hepburn and stuff and, like, dated them is because he would fly his plane, like, into the beach yeah. in front of where they were sunbathing. Yeah, yeah. And he would land and then, like, walk up to the beach and be like, hey, I'm Howard Hughes. <laughs> you know what? That's You're a cute. pretty big flex. I'm starting to get the plane thing. This man, yeah. Drake, let me set the scene for you. This billionaire would land his plane at, like, a party and get out in a suit, half drunk, with the most famous actresses at the time on the plane would just come filing out. Like, that's Howard Hughes. Like, fuck your limousine. I just showed up in the Spruce Goose. You know, like, a plane that I invented, by the way. Like, Howard Hughes, I haven't even done the episode yet because it will be... A five-parter on Howard Hughes. The coolest man to ever exists. The coolest man to ever exists. The most well, insane man. Not, yeah, well. <laughs> well, his deeds were cool. We all got our demons. Yeah, How about yeah, that? yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I mean, hey, to be fair to Howard Hughes, at least he got it honestly. He was actually a crazy person, you know, so. <laughs> yeah, that's very true. <laughs> but this polo field that I was talking about, not only Howard Hughes, we're talking about the most star-studded, one of the most star-studded places in Hollywood at the time was to be at this this polo field. Will held games and played with every big star at the time. Walt Disney, Howard Hughes, Daryl Zanuck, Spencer Tracy, Clark Gable. The list goes on and on. If you were somebody at the time, odds were you would wind up at Will's Ranch at a polo match at some point as like a networking thing. Your fucking agent would send you there to a Will Rogers polo game so you could go meet like some producer you know it became like a hub like wow. it was like this hub of hollywood was a polo game at will rogers's backyard and howard hughes's plane is like wrecked in a tree nearby <laughs> um so uh question if this is coming up we can just edit this part out uh you said he was also a uh, a uh, friend of the ghost of this podcast al jolson Oh yeah, I no no no. I don't. He was he was friends with D. W. Griffith. Though, oh okay. Which was worse. a very out. Yeah, worse probably. Mm. Probably worse than Al Jolson. Absolutely. Because yeah. well, Al Jolson meant well. <laughs> right. D. W. Griffith he just did, did wrong. Not. Yeah yeah. <laughs> Griffith, Griffith meant wrong not. and did wrong. <laughs> 
So, but uh, the polo field was also the place where, on October 30th, 1935, Walt Disney and a few other people of that stature were playing a game of polo. I'm worried to even talk about this because I'm going to get, like, murdered by the Disney Corporation or something. (laughs) But Walt's horse, it was not his fault. I'll say that. It was a total accident. Allegedly, I don't know. Uh, (laughs) Walt Disney's horse hit actor Gordon Westcott's horse. And it caused this, like, horrific chain of events in the next 30 seconds. Westcott crashed into, uh, his name was Winslow Felix. He owned, he was a famous auto dealer. Have you ever seen the Felix cat head? Yeah, That was him. This was the guy who started those car dealerships. Okay. And it's interesting, because it was Felix the cat, and he was friends with Walt Disney. I imagine there was a whole (laughs) connection there, you know. Um, Both of these men, Gordon Westcott and Winslow Felix, Fell off their horse, got trampled to death. Oh, fuck. Instantly. Yeah. Oh, man. And Walt Disney stepped away from polo, never played again. I guess, you know, killing your friend in a yeah. polo match probably doesn't make you want to play polo anymore. Yeah, you know? yeah. And also, it's like, that could have been me. Yeah. 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 It's like, totally. did he not... That's fo- what you get for using our intellectual property without permission, huh? <laughs> <laughs> oh. He's like, get out of my head, Mickey. Not another one. I can't kill again. <laughs> you are. Do it. Do it. You want to sell cars, do you? <laughs> <laughs> Mickey, oh, no. I can't murder again. I can't take it. <laughs> I love this concept. Mickey is just the voice in his head that tells him to kill. It's Walt Disney's like uh, uh, schizophrenic yeah. voice in his head. <laughs> yeah, and he's just like, <laughs> I love that he's like, this was my friend that, you know, I, I, I wonder if there was ever a dispute on the Felix the Cat allowing to use that intellectual property. Oh my He's God. like, yeah, we thought of this together. Oh my God. We thought of it back in the day. That's why, you know? And then he's like, I'll show you. Again. There can be only one. Again, I'm just expecting like sniper bullets to come through all of our windows. I can record this. Not even ever. I'm in out. Florida. I'm in their backyard. <laughs> Anaheim's not too far from here, yeah. although your Florida one would be way more powerful for yeah. sure. Yeah, no shit. You guys can hide out in the city. I just got swamps. <laughs> There's just dudes in ghillie suits coming at you right now in the swamps. It's oh. like a scene from U.S. Marshals. I'm just dunking underwater. Like, what's They've got camouflage. Mickey hat. I was about to say, the yeah, there's, there's, there's yeah. definitely the ears on it, yeah. <laughs> they come out of the swamp like yeah. Apocalypse Now, and the ears come out first. Oh, my God, dude. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, uh, was, uh, was Walt Disney injured at all in this? Was he also flying he, off his horse? No, he was fine. Oh, was mainly, interesting. Like I said, I mean, Mysterious. This, was, this was mainly a horse accident. Um, but, yeah, they were horse trampled on horse to death. Violence, it, was, it, was, it was really gnarly, too. Like, people... Somebody, uh, I think one of the guys tried to save the other one, and that's how he got trampled. Uh, it was, like, really bad. Um, and, yeah, Will Rogers kind of, were I think the horses he, okay? I think so, yeah. Cool. I think the horses were fine. Sweet. Yeah, they're, they're good. They'll probably be in the next match. <laughs> they were on meth. <laughs> they were on meth. <laughs> really good meth. 1920s meth. <laughs> Nazi men. Nazi men. If you're on ketamine, you, you know, you, Disney you loosen man. up when you fall. You know, <laughs> maybe if the maybe if the writers also been doing K, they'd be fine. Oh man, but um, oh lord, transitions are so hard on this show. <laughs> <laughs> We're back in 1923 before all the polo field murders. Um, <laughs> Rogers, he enjoyed acting. He loved it. 
But, you know, again, this guy, we're talking about a rope trick guy. You know, he's, he's a stage actor type of guy. He enjoyed scripted films and what he was doing. And, of course, he enjoyed making all that money to pay for his giant ranch. But <laughs> he was, he, he felt like he was restrained. He was not being able to, like, speak his mind on stage and be free with his words. And so he actually, he wrote a lot of the title cards for his films. He was also writing at the time. Cool. Yeah, he wrote his own dialogue. So, you know, it was kind of the same shit these days, except for it's just actors saying they'll, they're going to change the lines. For him, he was changing their entire cards. So in 1923, he began a one-year stint for producer Hal Roach. And in that one year, he made 12 movies, three of them directed by the famed Rob Wagner at the time. He did, like, there were some old movies, Two Wagons, Both Covered, Going to Congress, and another one called Our Congressman. <laughs> It was a lot of uh, Congress talk going on with Rob Wagner. I can imagine it was a hot topic at the time. And while making films, Will also was dipping his toes into the newspaper industry, and he started writing that syndicated column for the New York Times, and it was just called Will Rogers Says. And by 1926, he was doing the column every single day for 40 million readers of this article that he created for the New York Times. So he just blew up in the newspaper industry as well. He became this huge newspaper article writer on top of his acting career. <laughs> cool. <laughs> he uh, he would go on to write columns for over 350 daily newspapers. Wow. In- including his weekly Slipping the Lariat Over, which sounds way dirtier than he intended for it to sound, in 1922 spreading his advice to Americans to embrace their frontier values of neighborliness and democracy. And it was this, um, you know, it was like how to be an American type of show. And it was all these Western values that he was writing about and stuff. And he was teaching people how to do ranch stuff and grow their own (laughs) food or whatever, you know. So he seems like a very, like, straight-edge kind of type dude. Like, I assume he wasn't going out getting drunk and doing cocaine with with, with Howard Hughes. That's one of the reasons why his wife hated Howard Hughes. Mm. It's because, like, this guy flies into our yard and my (laughs) husband, who doesn't even drink, (laughs) is, like, going to fly around with this, like, drunken maniac billionaire. And he looks looks, (laughs) so wholesome when I look at pictures of him. It kind of reminds me of uh, uh, the Andy Griffith show. Yeah, he was very Andy Griffith. He was very Andy Griffith. Very squeaky clean. Ooh, Andy Griffith is another episode we'll do one day. Okay, cool. That'd be a good one, too. Yeah, he was a very he was a squeaky clean dude, and he loved it, man. He was, and he also wasn't one of those like wholesome on camera and horrible drunk behind the scenes. <laughs> he kept up that energy. He was apparently a very pleasant man. He was very nice, you know. Whenever he met people, he's always just, "Hey, how you doing there? You know, <laughs> how you doing there, partner?" <laughs> and uh, <laughs> yeah. he uh, he also he began releasing a steady stream of humor books as well, and he even humor had some, some humor books. He started writing some funny books, and he also had some popular radio broadcasts. Twenty nine, as we had previously previously stated, sound was introduced into film, and Will went on to become a top earner with talkies as well. He made that transition we were talking about. Right. So I had a lot of questions about this, and if you don't have the answers, we'll just cut these questions. Mm-hmm. But like, what? How did he make this transition when, like, so many people struggled with it? Like, what was it about him that just, like, clicked with him that, like, he understood talkies? This is my conjecture. I would imagine a dude 
the way that he was, he wasn't a drunk maniac actor. <laughs> he was like a very humble, uh, rope trick Western type of guy. And his wholesomeness probably helped him out a lot with this. I imagine when a lot of other silent film actors and actresses were desperately trying to be in these talkies and keep their fame, he probably was just chill about it. He probably didn't give a shit. He's like, whatever. If my film career is over, I don't give a shit. I've got so much money already. I wasn't even a movie star to begin with. You know, I was on Broadway doing rope tricks with a pony. <laughs> and now I live on a ranch. He probably just, honestly, it was probably a lack of desperation that helped him transition. I would imagine. I mean, he did 21 talkies after a whole silent film career 50 movies yeah you know he did 21 well films. his broadway career probably prepped him to do the talk right he knows how to do crowd work yeah he, very he liked talking on stage and stuff too and that was the thing he was, he, he was yeah. a writer he liked to talk on stage like he was probably good at presenting himself in that way very very true very good point yeah he was already there with it he he wasn't just a silent guy. I do think that's what killed a... He was already a talkie. He was already a talkie. He was very much a talkie. This man talked on the radio all day, yeah. wrote newspapers. He never stopped talking. I mean, his whole thing for his Broadway career where he made it big was he would just do rope tricks and just riff. You know, I mean, this guy was like the king of improv, basically. And again, I think it just goes back to his just... He wasn't a shy dude. He didn't really care what people thought. Uh, which I think really probably helped him. He he gained this reputation for his clean moral tone, playing essentially himself in every film. Even he didn't even wear film makeup in these movies. By the way, he just like showed up to set. He's Will, and it, it, here he is, and he's like squeaky clean. Mister Rogers guy. vibes too. Yeah, Mister. <laughs> yeah, it's funny. His last name was Rogers. He was like Mister Rogers, Andy Griffith type of vibe here. And uh, public schools would actually take their classes to attend special showings of Will Rogers' film because he did all these family-friendly ones. He was kind of, again, that's another way that he's making it big, is he was one of those first to make films that you could bring your kids to as well. Mm. And that was a really big deal back in these days. I mean, you talk about the money. You know, the, the family squeaky clean guy was becoming the millionaire at the time. And uh, he... Uh, along with his nonpartisan rambles on the radio <laughs> and in the papers, this made him a huge hit with politicians as well. Um, he actually he served as a goodwill ambassador to Mexico and the only man to be named Honorary Mayor of Beverly Hills. <laughs> <laughs> cool. He made friends with all the politicians. Yeah. You know, they're, he, every, all the families in America love him. He's he's just he's becoming like the face of America in a way. That's why so many so much stuff is named after him around here. He wasn't just an yeah. actor. Yeah, he was the face of America at the time. What the studios wanted people to see. Yeah, you know, or what sold tickets? Really. Yeah, what sold tickets? Exactly. It's the same reason why Disney is so big to this day. <clears throat> you know, mm -hmm. it's that family friendly stuff that can make the real bucks. Mm -hmm. And as I mentioned before. Rogers had become a huge advocate of aviation, and he would often write his columns emphasizing the importance of safety, speed, and convenience when it came to commercial air service. And he felt that America was falling way behind Europe when it came to his means of transportation, basically. So he was this big advocate on that as well. He was pushing for wear your seatbelt. 
basically. <laughs> you know, he's like, we don't all have to be out here dying anymore. Europe figured this shit out. They're, I don't know if I've ever mentioned this on this podcast before, but in World War One, when they started dogfighting, America actually had a clause. Uh, every other country put straps in the planes to strap you in. America, at the time, had this value that we're not going to put safety harnesses in your planes because then you're going to do more dangerous shit and you're not going to fight as hard. Because if you have the danger of falling out of your plane and dying, you're going to do everything you can not to do that. And that was, it was like safety by danger. That's was... logic. <laughs> Stops working if you think about it for yeah, two seconds. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> A lot of more of our pilots were dying than theirs at the yeah. time. Yeah. Well, that's why we changed, and now there's straps and fighter jets. Exactly. That's exactly <laughs> right. That's why we even have fighter jets, because if we had never... Can you imagine, like, Tom or Top Gun 2, and, like, you know, Cruz <laughs> just falls out of a fucking plane? <laughs> exactly. Yeah, and Will Rogers was one of the first people to be like, let's not do this anymore. You know? <laughs> Cease this. Yeah, so. I'm going to put a seatbelt in this thing myself, because I can do that. <laughs> So, yeah, 1935, this is uh, the same year that Disney killed the guy on his ranch. Ah, nice. Um, Now we're back here. Famed aviator Wiley Post from Oklahoma. Uh, He was using a hangar at the Burbank Airport at the time to modify one of his stunt planes. And he he was turning this plane into a survey plane. He wanted to use it to survey new routes for mail and passenger planes from the west coast to russia and this was a big deal at the time there was this big push to make the mail faster you know where sending letters and information was like all the rage for everybody especially (laughs) with uh after world war one we learned all about what not getting information to people can do (laughs) so we were real into that (laughs) it would be it would be nice if messages didn't take three weeks yeah if it didn't take three weeks to get a letter that says like stop this Cease this. Stop the stop the 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 push tomorrow into wherever you're going because here's what's going to happen to you. You know, um, it'd be like 1917. I was about like, to say that's, that was that letter. There was that whole the whole purpose <laughs> yeah. of that movie was if only I could tweet this. If only I could email you right now, we would save a lot of people. <laughs> 1917 would have never happened if we had text messaging. Um, so he. Yeah, so Wiley's working on his plane in Burbank, and he took the wing from a Lockheed Explorer to a Lockheed Orion fuselage, and he fitted floats for landing in the lakes of Alaska and Siberia. This crazy kook pilot is out in Burbank just making his own, like, seaplane, basically. (laughs) And Will... Like a Frankenstein seaplane. He's taking, like, parts from all these (laughs) other fucking planes... That aren't supposed to work together and trying to, like, weld them and sew them together and shit. Again, you know, Wiley, I'm sure he was... Sounds like a horrible idea. (laughs) I'm sure Wiley was a fun guy to hang out with, but I would not get in his Frankenstein plane. Let's just say that. But uh, Will definitely did. I never told you about the plane I'm building. Yeah, Will, you got to come see this plane, man. Holy shit. I made it land in water like your buddy old Howard Hughes over there. (laughs) Howard thinks he's the only one. They're going (laughs) to Playing that gon playing gonna get on there and land in the water there, dang on. <laughs> <laughs> that dang old plane might have dang old gum gum dang old land in the lake, man. 
<laughs> your, old, your fancy buddy Howard Hughes thinks he's got the only cool plane around here, huh? He's like just sipping whiskey. This the whole plane time. can go under the water. It's a summer you, flight. You know, like them jet skis that'll be in Waterworld in a hundred years. <laughs> this plane will do that. <laughs> Look, and I'm smoking all the DMT. I'm ahead of the game. Well. Will did not uh, listen to that voice in his head, and <laughs> Wiley basically said, like, hey, Will, I- I'm headed off for uh, Alaska and Siberia to do these, uh, you know, mail route runs that sound extremely dangerous. No one's ever been here before, really. Do you want to go? And Will was like, yeah, I'll go. Let's do it. Oh, oh no. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, yeah, let's do this. So... Wiley Post and Will Rogers took off in July in the Frankenstein plane, <laughs> and Post piloted, and Will, uh, he actually had a typewriter in the passenger seat in his lap, and he would just sit there and crank out articles while he's in this plane, and I have to read these. I have to find these articles. I haven't found them yet. I haven't really dug yet, <laughs> but they're out there somewhere where he's just cranking out articles for newspapers while he's in the the passenger seat of this insane (laughs) his buddy's crazy plane and actually they made several stops he did he did successfully land this thing quite a few times okay all right yeah they made several stops in alaska things are going well they're camping they're having the time of their lives i mean this is a pretty cool gig you know i'm out here writing while we're literally discovering new land in play in remote Alaska in Siberia. You know, it's pretty cool. Um, Until, (laughs) until it wasn't cool. (laughs) So it's too cold to be fun. It's so cold. And it's, it it had to be so fucking cold. (laughs) And they're about 20 miles Southeast of Point Barrow. And they hit some really bad weather. And basically Wiley lost his bearings. They lost, visual you don't say they're just in a in a death trap at this point of course they always were yeah they always were they were from the beginning since they left burbank they were in a death trap who knew who knew this guy's plane that he built in the garage wasn't going to do so well out in the siberian and alaskan frontier you know (laughs) i'm sure shit's like freezing and like oh my god dude the the windows are probably like just frosted over layer of ice yeah Yeah. it's frosted over yeah i can't see Ah! so yeah they took off from a lagoon (laughs) <laughs> this fucking plane in the middle of the frozen tundra <laughs> and surprise surprise the engine failed at very mm-hmm. low altitude mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. i mean right. you know people speculate that they probably didn't even know they were going down yeah. they probably well, how, how cold could it get yeah how co- very cold turns out <laughs> and i've seen snow before <laughs> and the 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 franken plane plunges into the lagoon <laughs> Unfortunately, killing the the hero of our story today, old Will Rogers and Wiley, uh, instantly. What like, a instantly oh, died. instantly. Okay, I was yeah. gonna say that sounds like a gruesome way to go, I like just freezing to death in a lake. I hope it was instant. Yeah, uh, who knows? But in a lagoon. Well, so I, those articles he wrote might not be. They might yeah, all have they gone. Might have been destroyed down in the plane. I know. Yeah. That's one of the one of the other reasons why I've got to look them up and see if they exist. Um, was actually, anything re- what if they were like what if they were like I'm on this plane and I'm terrified of what I'm doing I'm starting to think maybe I shouldn't have trusted Wiley yeah. this is like good god man what have I done 
<laughs> Dude, Lord. This, was, man, this is crazy. This is ice country. <laughs> um, Wiley's just got like a grapefruit on a knife. Like, <laughs> I advise you to take some acid for this trip. <laughs> Look what God did Look to what us, God man. Look what God did to us, man. God didn't do this, you idiot. <laughs> You're fucking narcotics agent. <laughs> um... So wait, was anything recovered from the crash? Yeah, they were. The bodies were. Uh, I don't know. I don't have it written here, so I don't know. I don't know how they found them, who found them. Maybe it was like, I don't know. This would have been like some Russia Russians or yeah, like some snow dogs. <laughs> Balta. <laughs> what was it? Balta, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah the Balta movie. found yeah. them, basically. <laughs> yeah, some fucking ice people <laughs> found them out there. And uh, his his their bodies were recovered. Will was buried in Forest Lawn in Glendale, the celebrity cemetery cool. over there. And like I said, he left his family. I mean, he left his one daughter alone, like sixty million dollars. So he had he had a lot of money when he died that went to his family. But you know, he died way too young, and he died in a plane that he should not have been in at all. And is the way that a lot of these people went out back in the day. Like Dev said, flying was very new. And, I mean, it's so ironic to me that he literally was pushing for safety, but the man was getting in the plane with his buddy, you know? It's like, come on, man. Yeah, and also it's just like, again, like, I'm sure old Wiley was like, well, it snows up in the mountains here, exactly. and it's got to be the same thing in Alaska. You think shit. Will would be smart enough to be like, it's going to be a lot colder up there. A lot colder. Maybe... Maybe the plane you built in Burbank isn't going to be equipped for that kind of... Yeah, negative 30 degrees is not exactly, uh, you know, Oklahoma mountain temperature. Yeah. Oh, man. Uh, it'd be like... The only equivalency in the modern world would be, like, if if rocket ships just became, like, pretty accessible. Yeah. And there was, was like a... Bu- going that way. Yeah, a buddy just built his own rocket ship. It was exactly. like, you want to go flying? Yeah. No. No, dude. Even if... If one of us builds a plane and wants the other one to get into it, we have to all three agree to say no to the to yeah. whoever we are. You know, just, just don't do it. Say no to that plane, man. Say no to that plane, man. <laughs> <laughs> but that uh, it was kind of an abrupt end. But that is that's the that's the uh, end of Will Rogers. That was how he died. So the only thing I could find about how he died was um, his plane. Their plane was super low to the lagoon, and I guess they couldn't see because of the storm. And it ended up going down into the lagoon and clipping it and, like, flipping over. Like, the right wing got ripped off, and it flipped over inverted in shallow water. They probably didn't die. And then they they, they might have... Died an impact or drowned, you know. Drowned in freezing cold. They found the plane and they found the bodies. Yeah. Does it say who found them by any chance? Well, I couldn't find that. (laughs) (laughs) Wiley must have radioed. Walt Disney was standing on the shore with a fucking rocket launcher. (laughs) With his horse, with his murder horse. (laughs) With polo field. It's like (laughs) Mickey's like, oh, we got another one. Good job, We're just Walt. making Mickey Mouse and Walt Disney into one of the four horsemen of the apocalypse. <laughs> oh, I can't wait till we have fan art one of these days. <laughs> I know. I imagine, yeah, I guess Wiley probably radioed to somebody, or Will did. They probably radioed to someone nearby saying, like, we're about to take back off. I don't know. I don't know how they found their asses way out there, but they managed to find them, I guess. 
It's um, um it's a better ending than and uh, like mysteriously disappeared in Siberia. Very true. Like his friend Amelia. Yeah, yeah. Speaking of the beginnings of flight, I mean that's yeah. another reason not to take this damn plane. Didn't you learn from Amelia? They can't even find her. Yeah. It's like you're getting in a Franken plane. Franken plane. After Amelia went down in a perfectly good airplane, <laughs> and just now found her. Well, we think we did. Did we? They think well, they did. I don't know if it was perfectly good if it went okay. down. Okay, <laughs> good point. <laughs> Touche, sir. This plane works perfectly well. <laughs> Touche. Yeah, I guess you wouldn't have disappeared, huh? It's like the, 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 the engineers are having that argument. They're like, well, the, my plane was fine, all right? Does anyone just think that maybe she was a bad pilot? Because my plane was fine. I, I built it perfectly well. I'd say a little bit it less than perfect. It had one leak in it. I'd say a little bit less than perfectly well, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> oh man but that was fun that was fun to so that old, was fun to go back to will how old was he when he died born in 1879 oh wow 56 wow. okay yeah so i mean not a not a full life not a not just still still fullish you right, know right right uh you know he's, 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 he lived his best years yeah for sure 55. Yeah. Yeah. People people died earlier back then. Yeah, your fifties. You're an old man by that point. Yeah. You know. <laughs> I'm just glad his daughter was like, Well, I'm taking my money and going to Monaco. Yeah. Getting yeah. getting every girl at the bar. <laughs> um it's a good use of their money. Yeah. Um did um uh did he ever meet James Cagney? Probably. I would imagine he had to have run across James Cagney at some point. Did James and Cagney ever go and play polo, or is that too late? I'm sure James Cagney did. No, no, this would have been, well, no. His polo games were still going strong. I mean, Disney didn't kill the guy until 1935. <laughs> so James Cagney, you know, that's five years AC after CAG. And this is it was right at the peak of Cagney's career. He would have been yeah. like a he probably would have been like a new hot movie star on the polo field, mm. the new Warner Brothers guy. You know? Yeah. Edward G. Robinson's new understudy, basically, yeah. is yeah. hanging out at the polo field. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. Man, what a what a what a cool what a cool guy. Yeah. What, what a, a guy. nice what a nice jolly episode. Yeah. This came <laughs> this came out well. This was yeah. nice. Revisiting old Will Rogers and especially visiting a guy who's Look, his dad Clement never beat him. Yeah. Uh, Will never like got drunk. Zero bottle smashing. Zero bottle smashing. No yeah. child abuse. Yeah. Still circus. <laughs> Still circus. Yeah. That, Always. That, that'll never change. Yep. Gotta um, be a circus. And uh, so and Wiley. Yeah, we're uh, we're doing a series on Rogers. So Will Rogers <laughs> next is Roger Rabbit. Roger Rabbit. <laughs> After that will be uh, yeah, Mr. Rogers. <laughs> Mr. Rogers. Yeah. <laughs> After the. Buck, Buck Rogers. Rogers. Buck Rogers would be a good one. Steve <laughs> Rogers, the Million Dollar Man. Wasn't that him? Or wait, Steve Rogers. Steve Rogers is Captain America. Captain America, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We'll do one of that. Yeah. yeah. We'll do one on Steve Rogers. <laughs> Roger Roger, the, the droids from Star Wars. Yeah. <laughs> we'll do one on the whole part of the movie Airplane where they just say, Roger, Roger. What's your vector, Victor? I don't think we can ever do another thing about Disney after this Dude. episode. We'll just end up with a horse stampeding through our front doors. <laughs> <laughs> They're going to come kill us with horses. Trample us today. Oh, man. Well, one day, I'm not interested in doing it anytime soon, but one day at Disney, episode would be fun Disney, yeah um, that would be fun that, that's gonna be another well, that would be a that would be a, a multi-part yeah, yeah. Sure. i mean i almost wonder if i should do 
an era, like the 1930s, and we just do like a five-parter on like who all was moving at the time, what all was happening, you know. I don't know. I don't know. We'll see. Maybe. Yeah, we like... Why don't you guys let us know yeah, in the comments? Yeah, let us show us still new. It can be anything. <laughs> also, thanks again. I want to thank everybody for listening to this show. We're getting some, we're getting some numbers. Yeah. All right. We're yeah. doing okay. We're doing okay. And we're going to have a special guest for the next episode, and I'm going to go ahead and tell you it is uh, Roger Rabbit, like Deb says. The history of how all that came along. I've already written it. It's a banger. It's good. I really fleshed out a lot of Roger Rabbit, and Deb had some uh, really good Roger Rabbit porn he was passing around. <laughs> you, keep, you keep using all those words, like banging, <laughs> flushed out. <laughs> Porn. Right, this ain't rated PG, motherfuckers. This, this shit rated, rated porn. porn. <laughs> yeah, Will Rogers might be PD, but this shit is <laughs> yeah, not. Yeah, the, the Roger Rabbit episode is not going to be as squeaky clean, I can guarantee. But, he, um, he, he, he uh, uh, Will Rogers like moonlit as like this uh, like uh, um, risque book writer, <laughs> and then uh, some Disney found it years later. He was like, huh. Yeah. Got some cool ideas for cartoon character stuff. Well, I'm pretty sure Will Rogers moonlit as Texas Jack's really good friend while he was <laughs> in South Africa. <laughs> I, now, revisiting this episode, I have a whole new concept of who Will Rogers really was. Now that I've seen Texas Jack's fucking beautiful ass eyeballs, like, Will Rogers was probably having a lot of fun as a gaucho in South America, South Africa. <laughs> It's called Brokeback <laughs> Rogers, and it's the biography of Will, the, Will Rogers' true story. Will Rogers' state park is just Brokeback Mountain of L.A. Oh, but that was that was Will Rogers, everyone. You can uh, you can find our Patreon at patreon.com film history something or another. There's not much on it yet, but you subscribe, we'll fill that, we'll fill yeah. it up with. So much Roger Rabbit porn, you won't know what to do with it. Uh, <laughs> you can find me at Drake Cummings on Instagram, at Drake underscore Cummings on Twitter, at Hollywood Drake on TikTok, uh, and you can check out my uh, my apparel line at Raging20sMerch.com. Dev? Uh, you find me at Sailor underscore Dev, and keep uh, tabs on Abracadabra Films because we've got a bunch of cool shit. We're yeah. You can find me at uh, James White Scott everywhere where the socials are. Or you can find me in Argentina being a gaucho sitting at a bar at midnight and it's 112 degrees outside looking at my picture in my wallet of old Texas Jack and them beautiful eyes <laughs> on Bell History. The History the of Bell. You know what I'm talking about.